I do look at the roster and what we have in the coaching staff. We should win games. We have to perform, though. We're going to hold ourselves to a high standard no matter what happens. You know, defense is going to do what they do. And last time I heard, they can't win if they don't score points. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Your chance to get an in-depth preview of the week ahead in Berea. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Hi-hi! Here are your hosts, Kim Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Oh, Monday night, and oh, what a night for your Cleveland Browns. A big win over the Cincinnati Bengals in just the way to go into the bye week as your Cleveland Browns get their feet up, get some rest, get some recuperation, and then get ready for the second half of the season on a trip to South Beach, Miami Gardens, Florida, to take on the Miami Dolphins. Good evening, friends. Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry. It is the Cleveland Browns preview show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. We'll back at the Monday night win over the Bengals the first half of the season and then get you set on what's to come as we get to looking towards the month of November, the month of December, the first couple of weeks of January, and hopefully a run to the 2022 playoffs. But first things first, we got to look at the bye week and we have to look back at Monday night football and we have to talk and say hello to our good buddy Gerard Cherry. Gerard, good evening, my friend. Good evening, Kenneth. Wonderful to hear you in great voice, and I can see you over the Zoom, and you are looking sensational, as always, with the pocket square. Of course, he always does, folks. He's the best-dressed man in radio, and I'm always the best-dressed man in radio. (laughs) Away we go with four downs. First down. All right, first things first. Browns, 32. Bengals, 13. The Browns snap a really tough month of October to get to 3 and 5 and 2 and 1 in the AFC North. Gerard, your thoughts and takeaways from the Browns' best game of the season and why it was just so important to go into this bye week. I, I think we all know, but let's say it, why it just was so important to go into this bye week with a win. Well, one, if you don't get that win, the likelihood of you making the playoffs are extremely remote because you're going to have to win in division. So what that game count as? It counted as a division win. But like you, Ken, I was impressed by the fact that you you had all three phases of the football team complementing each other. Granted, there were some mistakes and there were some turnovers, but ultimately we did so much, especially on the defensive end, and by far their best performance, be it tackling, being in the right run fits from a gap integrity standpoint, as well as coverage depth and where they had to be in the right spots from a zone standpoint, as well as man-to-man coverage. So impressive what I saw on the defensive side. And then offensively, did you ever imagine it would be a situation, Ken, where Jacoby Brissett no. would outplay no. Joe Burrow? I didn't. I got to tell you, credit to the coaching staff. Credit to Jacoby Brissett, obviously, for getting the job done. I mean, first things first with him, my goodness. But I tell you what, you know, you look at the, what this coaching staff has done, and, hey, they, they have been ridiculed. They have been criticized over the first first half of the season. Let's be honest here. You know, three and five is not where we wanted to be, and certainly before this, two and five is not where we wanted to be. You and I both host radio shows, and we both have people calling in, and there were some people who were upset about this. But credit where it's due. Kevin Stefanski, Alex Van Pelt, they both do good work with quarterbacks, and they both have done a good job 
working with the veteran Jacoby Brissett, and he did a good job on Monday night against that Cincinnati Bengals defense. Because you and I, we talked about this in, in the Browns game day, Gerard, where everybody's talking about Joe Burrow and T. Higgins right. and this offense and this, that, and the other, and you and I are going, hey, you know, this defense, Lou Anarumo, he knows what he's doing. They haven't given up a touchdown in the second half, and <laughs> Browns beat the brakes off him in the second half, friends. So as the game was progressing, I'm thinking about the overs and unders we were talking about. And I believe yeah. they hit the ones we said they need to hit to get the job done. Oh, you better believe it. My goodness gracious. Nick Chubb was able to do it. Jacoby Brissett was able to do it. And they were able to do it without the tight end. Now, Jacoby Brissett loves his tight ends. And one of the things that the Browns Twitter account highlighted was the use of the offensive linemen. You had... Michael Dunn checking into the game in heavy sets. And then James Hudson wow. cracking down on linebackers <laughs> coming down and Throwing motion the club. Gerard. Be still my heart. And this is the difference that you get on the radio because I, I mentioned this to people on Tuesday morning on 92.3 The Fan, one of the flagship homes of Cleveland Browns football, where I had to say, Gerard, when I listen to you, Nathan, and Jim, on the call, mm -hmm. you hear the referee. And when you're in the stadium, you hear the referee announce who's eligible. When you're listening on TV or when you're watching on TV, you usually don't get to hear that. So in the stadium, you get to hear it. And a couple of times, you were hearing three linemen report right. eligible with Yelda Froel being back there as a fullback at times. And then you heard James Hudson, six, number 68, number 66, number 72, all reporting eligible. I mean, my goodness, I thought Doug Deacon was going to come back and report eligible <laughs> at times. I mean, my goodness, it was unbelievable. But it, it was a great job offensively by, again, Kevin Stefanski, Alex Van Pelt, the staff, to, to work this thing together because they are. They're, they're tight end heavy. Nothing against Harrison Bryant, but he's not David Njoku. Mm -hmm. He's not yet. And they made this thing work, and it was a great outing by Amari Cooper as well as Donovan Peoples-Jones and everybody involved, and obviously Nick Chubb. But that goes without saying, Gerard. Oh, it certainly does. And going back to that heavy formation, as we like to call it, when you have all those linemen in, Ken, it's ingenious. One of the best things that we do is run the football. So if you have a situation where you can get seven to eight linemen on the football field against a team that doesn't have enough personnel to match up against it, there's nothing wrong with having smash mouth football, especially at the goal line. But what really impressed me about that particular play, Ken, was the yes. fact that they created a scenario from a play design standpoint to where you had Nick Chubb one-on-one -on -one with the would-be tackler, and Nick Chubb is going to win that matchup dang near every time. And just about every time we get the second down. Second down. The trade deadline came and went in all quiet on the North Coast. Kareem Hunt remains a Cleveland Brown. General Manager Andrew Berry said today, the team came close to acquiring a player, but it didn't come to fruition from a compensation package standpoint. We'll get some players healthy here, hopefully, during this bye week. Gerard, where do you think? Uh, what are you thinking about the Browns' depth chart right now as we go to what, week nine of the 2022 campaign and, and an off week for the Cleveland Browns? Well, right now, really the main thing in which we have an issue with bodies is tight end. I mean, Farrell Brown, to his credit, played, I felt, with a little – hitch to his step, if you will, and he still went out there and performed. But obviously getting David back hopefully in a few weeks or if not sooner will play a key part. But for the most part, I think we're relatively healthy. Denzel, you would like to think, will be back on the football field for us after this bye as well. You're at least crossing your fingers for that to take place. So I think 
You could not have asked for a perfect opportunity to have the bye, Ken, because you generally want it in the mid part of the season. That's exactly where we have it at because this is pretty much where you do sustain all the blows and all the soft tissue, if you will, miss malaise, if you will, yeah. during this yeah. time of the year because you've got eight weeks in of playing football continuously. So you can't ask for a better time to have a bye. And so I think that's going to catapult us because after this win, guys should be on the bye saying the following, if I do this, if I do that, based upon what I did against the Bengals and based upon what we did as a team, we can accomplish this and come back with a new sense of energy and desire to get the job done. It's a good time because it's a blessing right now weather-wise because the leaves are falling. It's a good time to go get the leaves. It's a good time to go put up the lights if you really wanted to. Don't need to turn them on yet, but it's a good time to get those lights up. I'm getting a scowl from Jason Gibbs. Buddy, there's a couple of people in the neighborhood who have already put up the lights. That's a smart move right there. That's a veteran move. That's a better. I'm getting I'm getting scowls here. People are giving me scowls. You don't got to turn them on. You just put them up. I'd rather put them up in 70 as opposed to 30. Thank you. Thank you. Guess what I'm doing this weekend? Putting them lights up. I'm, I'm getting up on the ladder, and I'm putting them lights up. Yeah, I know. And, and seeing me up on a ladder, trust me, the ladder holds me. People can't see Jason, Jason Gibbs giving me a face right now. Gerard's not giving me a face. Gerard's respectful. Gerard, you can give me a face if you want to. That's fine. Everybody else in the room is. All right, time for third down. Third down. If Andrew Barry was here, he'd be giving me a face, too. I'm getting up on the ladder. I'm going to put up the lights. It's time. Holiday season's coming around. I'm, I'm done fighting for turkeys. Turkeys had a chance to fight for themselves. They didn't do it. All right, here we go. Andrew Barry, he had his midseason press conference on Wednesday. A few highlights. Here we go. Andrew Barry was asked if Monday's result changed his planning or his thinking in any way. I would say that it, it you know, candidly probably maybe had a little bit of a, a mild influence, Zach. I wouldn't say that it, it moved the needle significantly in, in one direction or, or another. Um, had a, probably a pretty good idea in terms of, you know, how we wanted to approach, um, you know, obviously yesterday with a, with a couple different opportunities, um, you know, but, but to suggest it didn't have any, some type of mild impact, I think would, would be disingenuous. Last couple of games, defense has been good. Here's Andrew Barry's thoughts on the defense through the entire eight games, including these last two. I think we've just played cleaner on that side of the ball. You know, whether it's, um, you know, mental assignments, uh, communication, I think our tackling has improved, um, you know, over the past, really over the past two weeks as well. And I, you know, I, that's where I give, you know, Joe and the defensive staff, you know, a lot of credit for, um, you know, really kind of focusing on and, and kind of ironing out some of those um, areas where we didn't do them quite as well um, through the early part of the season. So um, that side of the ball seems to be to be rounding into form, but you know we still have work to do. Um, and ultimately, the you know the biggest thing again is 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 consistency there. We've all had different definitions going into the year and halfway through the year, but what would make this a successful season to Andrew Barry? Ultimately, it's it's really just maximizing our potential and playing consistent football in the second half of the year. Look, we we understand that, um, you know, at the end of the day, like you know, we do have to produce wins. Like that's that's our mindset and that's our goal, um, and that's how that's the the mindset that we're going to take into the next nine games.
You like what you hear from the Browns general manager there, Gerard? Oh, absolutely love it because that has to be the perspective. And think about it. What if you did make some changes like a lot of people were talking about Kareem Hunt no longer being on the roster and being a potential trade. After you win that game, that sends the worst message to your locker room as far as are you serious and committed to the idea of creating a winning culture and winning games if you let go one of your best players. And on top of that, he's absolutely right in regards to the defense coming into form. Now, obviously, we wish that form would have happened coming into rather four or five weeks ago, but it's not the case. But I love what I am seeing now. All right, time for fourth down. Fourth Fourth down. down. All right, we take a look at the AFC North. Through eight games, plenty of opportunities for the Browns to make a playoff push within their own division. The Ravens, they're five and three, two and zero in the North. The Bengals are four and four, but they're zero and three in the AFC North. The Browns are three and five. They're two and one in the AFC North. The Steelers, two and six, and one and one in the AFC North. The Steelers were kind of sellers, but they they went out and they got themselves a cornerback that they they wanted in the draft. But he was drafted a pick before, and they ended up taking Artie Burns mm-hmm. in that draft. And so they went out and traded for him from the uh, Washington Commanders. And they ended up getting a pick back. But they ended up trading. Well, goodness gracious, they got a second-round pick. I still can't believe For that. Chase Claypole. That's what you call a fleecing. How? I mean, I only see trades like that in the movies. I only see, <laughs> I, honestly, I've only seen trades like that in yeah, draft. It's a draft day, right. I mean, if you're a Bears fan right now, yeah, forget it. I, oh, we're we're talking about the Browns right. here. Um there is an opportunity here, like I, because I, I was like, well, you're looking at a wild card, and there were fans going, well, you are two and one in the North, Ken. If there's a couple of injuries or a, the ball bounces your way, then there's some, there's a chance to make hey, Those fans are right. You got to get some things going here during this bye week, and then after the bye week, obviously, Gerard. But there is a chance. There's a glean. Well, certainly there is. With that victory, that opens up so many opportunities as far as looking at the division. And again, if you go ahead and win, say the next nine games. <laughs> yeah, I got a feeling you'll make the playoffs. So a 12 and 5 record will get you in, be it a wild card or probably winning your division. But obviously, take care of your division because that's the surest way of you to get into the playoffs. Very right about that. And that is four downs. Browns fans, mark your calendars for face off on the lake. Presented by Meyer, the first ever outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium. On February 18th, the Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines right here at First Energy Stadium. Tickets are on sale now, starting at just $12. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. 50. Coming up in a bit, we'll go around the league. And, well, you know how Gerard and I like to do it. And then, of course, the voice here, Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan, will join us. Coming up next, MJ Emerson will sit down with Nathan Zagura, and we'll talk about the first half of the season as well as what's to come during the 2022 campaign. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is Browns kicker Cage York. This is Browns quarterback Jacoby Brissett. This is John Johnson, and you are listening to the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns. Make sure you're part of the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in the future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 
to reserve your spot today. Browns with a bye week. They'll get set to take on the Miami Dolphins starting next week as they'll get set for the second half of the season. Dolphins right now at 5-3 and three, to a tongue of Aloha, playing good football since coming back from that concussion. So the Browns have their hands full. A guy who has had his hands full in his rookie season, getting some starts but playing so, so well and playing very well against the Cincinnati Bengals back on Monday night. MJ Emerson, a third-round pick out of Mississippi State. He has been such a bright spot through the first half of the season. Browns fans know it. They want to hear his story. They get a treat tonight. They get to hear from MJ Emerson with our very own Nathan Zagura. Here with Browns cornerback MJ Emerson. MJ, first of all, congratulations. Another great performance out of you. Huge win. How big was that one for you guys? Great team win, man. It was a um, great win before the bye week. And just get back on track, you know, and, and just, you know, take footsteps toward the right direction. I mean, this purple sweatsuit you've got on right now, Victory Tuesday, just phenomenal. Is this what you knew? Did you say, if we win, this is what I'm wearing? Is that, how you, is that what the decision, or was it no matter what, you were wearing this, it was Tuesday? Well, I actually ordered this like two weeks ago, and it just came in a day, and it was comfortable, so I just want to be comfortable for me. <laughs> yeah, listen, victory, comfortable and victory, there's nothing wrong with that. Let's talk about your play. It's just every single week we're talking about MJ Emerson, big pass breakup here, going out there competing, taking on whoever, all comers, it doesn't matter. Are you kind of amazed eight games through your rookie season that this is where you are? I know you've always believed in yourself, but just the progress and the fact you're doing week in, week out against some of the best in the league. Uh, yeah, it's a blessing, you know, just to be in this situation. But me, honestly, I feel like um, I could perform, you know, at a higher level. So, you know, I just want to like, hold myself to a high standard, you know, and it's, it's been a blessing to make the plays that I have, and I feel like that I'm moving towards the right direction. I don't know why teams throw at you on fourth down anymore. I mean, Mike Williams, nope, sorry. Tyler Boyd, uh, nope, sorry. Uh, what is it about those money plays that gets you going? Oh, man, it's money down. So we always say get off the field, you know, and um, them big plays. So I try to make a big play, you know, whenever I can. And, uh, yeah, just get off the field and win. You're up. Two PBUs. I'm going to say three because you got your hands on another one now. The ball continued along its path. You almost were able to get on the one that ended up being a touchdown. Almost getting, you almost took that right out of the air right there. But are you kind of seeing the game? Has it slowed down for you where you're seeing it better? Because it feels like you're getting your hands on the ball every single week now. Uh, yes, sir. I, I feel like the game is slowing down, you know, just um, during the week. Honestly, just preparation, you know, knowing your job, knowing your responsibilities, and uh, just watching film more too. So I hit the books like way more. I used to watch like 30 minutes a day. I try to watch like at least 45 hours. So, Are there stuff like in a game, has there been a play where you're like, I saw that, you did it, and you're like, that's why, that's why I do that. Yeah, exactly. You know, formation and just, you know, kind of anticipated, but, you know, sometimes it might not happen. Cause, you know, offense, you know, they get paid a lot of money, you know, to run routes and switch things up. So, but I try to like, I try to watch film. And just like pick up clues, and if I see it, then just react. What was it like going into this one pregame? You knew you didn't have Denzel. We weren't even sure about Greg, and if he did play, how much he would be able to play. And of course, the, the set greedy was sick, so you knew that you were going to be very busy in this one. It ended up that you know greedy was able to go. AJ stepped in, and then Greg played the whole game because he's a beast. <laughs> That's right. You're both of you guys are beasts. What was kind of your mindset going into this one, going against a team that, while they didn't have Jamar Chase, still one of the best passing offenses in the NFL. They still had two guys well on pace for over 1,000 yards, and Boyd and Higgins. What was kind of your mentality? Was this an opportunity for you to put out some of that tape and, and just show the league and the world on Monday Night Football who you are? Yes, sir. Um, Primetime Monday Night Football. Uh, against, against a great offense, you know, a powerful offense. 
just came off a 480-yard passing game. So it was a challenge, you know. Um, coach challenged us all weekend, and they told us that we would have to win the game in the secondary, you know, and just fly to the ball. And I feel like we stepped up to the plate and did a good job. You certainly did. What did, uh, what did Coach Howard and Coach Lynch have to say to you? Um, great game. Coach, Coach Lynch said, great game, champ. I'm very proud of you. And Coach Howard, you know, he always just tell me he believes in me. So he just said, go out with confidence and just do my job. So shout out to those guys. Yeah, they know you're a competitor and you're going to bring it and get after it, and then you did. Was there a little banter between you guys and the receivers in this one? Um, yeah. I felt the animosity, you know, against us and them. But it was kind of like cool to me, kind of. I guess I was a rookie, but, you know, you try my brother, you try me. So, you know, it was fun, though. It was a great game. What's changed the last two weeks for this defense? You guys put together a great performance against Baltimore and then this one against Cincinnati. It feels like you guys have just kind of like turned the page and, and are now every week making plays and making life very hard on offenses and especially quarterbacks. Uh, I would say for our second day, I would say preparation. You know, we challenge each other to watch more film every week. Uh, so we have like a, a homework, homework, I guess we'll say. Uh -huh. We just... We have our own section of the, the playbook or the plays they run, formation tips, and we'll just come in every Friday and just tell each other and we'll make notes. And that help, I feel like that helped us out a lot. And also, you know, just playing fast, playing physical and together, just doing our job. Yeah, you guys are doing it. And you guys are such a close room in that cornerback room, which I love to see. How happy were you to see AJ come in there and, and immediately get a turn? That's just what that guy does. He just gets on the field and takes the ball away. Yeah, I'm just I'm happy for AJ. You know, it, all of us, you know, AJ, he come in and he just find the ball. He makes a play. He always around the ball. So I love playing with that guy. What was it like having John Johnson with the green dot being the one relaying the plays? Because it felt like this week everybody was on the same page every single play. Oh, yeah, John. Uh, He's a great leader, you know, he's a great um, commander. So when he, when he talks, everybody listens. We all just on the same page and, and communication. Yeah, communicating well. First bye week for you. What are you doing other than watching film and getting ready? How are you going to go give yourself a little, a little break and then get ready to come back and get to work against Miami? I'm going to see my family in Houston. So I'll just be in Houston, you know, training a little, trying to keep my wind up and just, you know, relaxing. Might catch a rocket game or something. Nice. Well, you enjoy it. Great performance again. It's been fun to watch you develop over the course of this rookie season, and we're very happy you're a Cleveland Brown, MJ. Yes, sir. Thank you. Browns fans, be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tea Tailgate pregame party prior to every home game. The Twisted Tea Tailgate is located on the west side of First Energy Stadium and combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music and food and drink options. The Twisted Tea Tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. Coming up next, we'll go around the league. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Hey, if you're going to the Bucks game, get into First Energy Stadium quicker on game day with Express Access, presented by Root Insurance. Enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate. Plus... Each game day you use ex Express Access at First Energy Stadium, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win Browns autograph merchandise. Go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. All right, Gerard, are we ready to go around the league, bud? Let's do it. I can't wait for this. Here we go. Of the trades that happened on Monday and Tuesday, who was the big winner? Here we go. The Ravens acquiring linebacker Roquan Smith from the Bears. The Bears acquiring wide receiver Chase Claypool from the Steelers for a second-round pick. All right, well, I'm, I'm already throw that one out. Um, 
<laughs> it says, what are the Bears doing, by the way? Well, there you go. I'm going to throw that one out there, not the big winner. Um, the Jaguars acquiring suspended wide receiver Calvin Ridley from the Falcons. The Dolphins acquiring defensive end Bradley Chubb from the Broncos. Or the Vikings acquiring tight end TJ Hawkinson from the Lions. Ken, I've, I've, I've been thinking about this question from the wrong angle. Mm. Actually, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the big winner here. They got a second-round draft pick for a guy oh, they don't even want on their Betsy. roster. Oh, no. Think heavens about that. Mergentroyd. Oh, no. Now, granted, I'm not a draft pick guy. I'm all about proven talent over potential talent. But I must say, that is a fleecing on the part of the Pittsburgh Steelers to get a second-round draft pick for Claypool. Come on, the numbers don't suggest that whatsoever that he merits a second-round draft pick, Now, let alone a fifth- or sixth-round draft pick. No, That's you're right. huge. You're right. You're right. I mean, um, I mean, but that's talk. That's but that's not I, on the okay, field. Now, if you ask see. me on the field, then I'm going to say probably Bradley Chubb. Take your pick, Bradley Chubb. Smith, I can see him having impact, and well, obviously Hawkinson is going to help the campaign for the Vikings. All right, let's see here. Miami is still weak on the interior, but they're great on the bookends. Okay. The Vikings, boy, the Vikings Just loading are, up, man. Pick your poison. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird because I I I, I made this joke before. Kirk Cousins to me is leftover pot roast. <laughs> like I said, like my dad. Man. Yeah, my dad's a butcher, right? Uh-huh. Or he was. He's and I. He. So my dad worked at a grocery store for forty-one years in meat, right? And so basically everything was a meat. Okay, you always had a. You always there was always beef. <laughs> there was like we never had. We never had Chinese night in my house. It was always beef. <laughs> okay, it was always beef or chicken or or pork or something, right? Uh-huh. And so. There was times where there was times where my dad would be like, "Hey, go get the go get the leftover roast out the fridge," and I'd be like, "Man," and I'd pull it out. I'd, I'd open up the Tupperware, and I'd open it up, and you get that smell of that cold pot roast. And there's that gravy on it. That gravy's like that gravy's all jelly, and I would just give that like that look and just like, and he'd be looking at me and he goes, "I'll never." My dad, what's the matter, boy? That's good eating. <laughs> and that's that is Kirk Cousins. That is Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is good eating. Because huh? you watch Kirk Cousins, you watch Kirk Cousins, Gerard, and you sit there and you go, What is everybody talking about with this guy? <laughs> what eating. is everybody saying with this guy? And then you look at his stats and it's like three hundred thirty yards, three touchdowns, no picks. They win twenty one twenty. And you're going, How? How what is he doing? How is Kirk Cousins good? I don't understand it. You watch the Vikings and you were bored to tears, and then you see his stats and you go, I don't I don't understand it. Now, Ken, when your dad was finished at the mill table, did he ask you, did you like that? Did you like that? No, he told me to clear the table, and then he, <laughs> oh, he opened way, huh? up a pack of cigarettes, and then he pulled one out, <laughs> oh, and then no. that would be it. That's how it went down. He doesn't smoke anymore. My dad well, quit smoking a long time ago, yeah. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. I'll say, the, I'll say uh, yeah, the, the pick for Chase Claypool. That's a fleecing. I mean, grand larceny. Robbery. I mean, he was he. Yeah, it was. You see him. He's a six five monster, six four, six five. And when you watched him his rookie year, Gerard. Like, didn't he look like he? I was like, man, this guy's gonna be a problem. That for was years two first. years ago, right? This guy's gonna be well, a season problem and a half. For, yeah, exactly. Yeah, my goodness gracious. All right, Washington Commanders co-owners Dan Snyder and Tanya Snyder have announced that they have hired Bank of America Securities to explore potential transactions involving the team. 
So there was something to the Colts owner Jim Ursay's comments at the owners' meeting a few weeks ago. Looks like they may sell. Gerard, your thoughts? Yeah, it looks like the club is saying we won't no longer desire your membership and forcing the hand because I'm pretty sure based on what's been going on that they have some type of, type of leverage and power to do just that. And so for that to be floated out there is not by accident. And I'm pretty sure there are going to be people lining up to buy it because I heard something crazy today. Is it true? You may know, Ken. Say what? It's is it three thirty million or three hundred million dollars annually what an NFL team makes? Well, I, I mean, I, I I know it's got to be at least thirty. Oh, thirty. Well, as far as they make, I'm not sure. I yeah, know. So I heard an astronomical number. I was like, that's one heck of a return on your investment, even if you are going to pay five billion probably well, for, this, gotta think, for the commanders. We got to think about what each team makes in terms of the television deal. But then we always have to think about the outgoing money. Mm-hmm. And we always just uh, – because all of us just look at the salary cap and we just think of the salary cap. Not realizing salary that cap, they have staff. And, yeah, I mean, you look at the you look at the staff, the insurance, mm-hmm. the cost just to turn the lights on, Building keep the heat on, right. is, is certainly a lot of money. But, again, no owner – I don't think any owner would look at you and say, oh, I'm broke. I, obviously, <laughs> they wouldn't do that there. So, I mean, you have a team that's valued right now at $5.6 billion, right. and that's a team that has a stadium that is – I mean, quite literally, yeah, dilapidated, quite literally falling apart. Um, our producer Meredith is from the uh, the, the Beltway area. And would tell you, yeah, that um, it is it is not in the very best condition whatsoever. So whoever and were the to best purchase, radio booth you could ever find. I'm being is that pre- true? I'm being facetious. <laughs> they literally have you, Ken, in a catter corner, looking really? at an angle to the football field. I'm pretty sure there's some plays you simply can't see. Really, <laughs> really, it's like thanks. We're looking out well, for the radio broadcast. I, I know. I mean, we're we're about to have Jim Donovan on coming up. In the uh, next we got to talk to him about it. It's it's he'll, fascinating. He'll be the one who will tell you he, they can't build a new stadium for the Bears fast enough because you they punt that ball. You can't see the ball. He he says you can't. And if if depending on if they throw a long pass, you can't see the ball. You can't see it. Depending on how the where where the ball goes, you just you lose sight of things there. Which young quarterback do you feel has the best chance to turn their careers around? Turn their careers around. Zach Wilson with the Jets or Trevor Lawrence with the Jags? I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. I'm taking Trevor as well, simply put, because of his head coach, who was a former quarterback in the NFL and has won a Super Bowl. So Peterson knows how to develop guys. And so Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz played his best ball with who? Peterson. So I, I didn't Lawrence yeah. can make that same adjustment as well. I didn't like the I didn't like the reason for taking Zach Wilson, where people were like, "Oh, he's good in chaos. He's good in chaos." I'll it's schedule. Like, well, and I I said I said this to you back then on this network with, during these shows. I said you want to take a guy and keep him protected. You don't need like well we 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 intend, yes things will get squirrely back there. It's the NFL. Yes, it's going to get difficult. But you don't want to sit there and say, "Well, he's good in chaos." There. Well, what 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 does he do? When you have a clean pocket, because he's not good with a clean pocket, right? And just poor decision making. Yeah, on top of it. somebody, somebody, who was it? I can't describe. I don't want to ascribe the quote to it because I don't want to. I don't want to misquote somebody there about the way that that Zach Wilson was playing against the uh, against the New England Patriots the other day. Uh, which quarterback has taken the biggest step forward through eight games? Geno Smith or Jalen Hurts? Ah, I'm a That's Jalen Hurts fan by a long shot. Actually. 
touting him for MVP, but it's Geno Smith without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith last year couldn't win a football game to save his life. Geno Smith is throwing with accuracy. He is throwing the prettiest of passes, and if you look at the numbers, it backs it up well that he's doing one of the better jobs in the National Football League from a quarterbacking standpoint. And it's not just game management, Ken. This is like shots down the field, Geno Smith. Yeah, Geno. <laughs> First off, Geno has not saved the reputation, but rebounded the reputation of Pete Carroll. People were starting to think Pete Carroll was. Lost it, right? Yeah, people were starting to think Pete was a bit of a crazy old man. I mean, he's over 70 years old, and people were starting to think that Pete was Pete, exactly what you just said, lost it. Uh, now he's starting to look crazy like a fox. Uh, mixed with that defense, Geno Smith's looking great. Because Jalen Hurts, I always liked Jalen Hurts. I never liked Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. I never liked him. So I'm going to take, I'm going to say Geno Smith, definitely with you. Um, best rookie coach through eight games, Brian Dable or Kevin O'Connell? Oh, you got to give it to O'Connell. I mean, look what the Vikings are doing. They're balling. How do you not give it to them? I'm going to say, say Brian Dable. Really? Yeah. I, I think that they even had, the wreck. I mean, don't get me wrong. Dable's doing tremendously considering what he's working with. You're right. I think they had a better setup with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I, I think they had. I, I know that things can get a little toxic. Anytime you fire a coach, things aren't going well. Right. And they let go of Mike Zimmer. But man, I, you look at the toxic situation that mm-hmm. Brian Dable had taken yeah, over. Yeah, that he there. inherited. You're right from Judge. Yeah, you're not. You're he, right. And frankly, you and I saw that up close yeah. last year when they came to visit. Yes, we did. And he took that situation over and. Hey, they got a long way to go, and it might be, uh, some of it might be smoke and mirrors. He said, that's some good eating, a- man. He turned that pot roast into some good eating. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, Mrs. Carmen will tell you, like, he does not like leftovers. It's all because of his daddy. It's all because of his daddy. All right, coming up next, Jim Donovan will join us on the show, the voice of your Cleveland Browns. We'll go over the first half of the season. We'll recap the big win on Monday night against the Bengals, and we'll look forward to the second half of the 2022 campaign. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. It's a bye week for your Cleveland Browns. Next week, they'll go down to Miami, Miami Gardens, Florida, to be exact, at Hard Rock Stadium and take on the Dolphins, Gerard Cherry. Gerard, you uh, have you been to the renovated stadium down there? Yes, I have been there. With the canopy? It's, yes, I have been down there. I've, I've, I've driven through there, so I have seen it. It's, it's, it looks really nice, and I think it's a great idea. You still keep that element of heat, though you're blocking out the fans from the sun, but from a player, you still have to adjust to it, so it's not quite the sense and feel that you get of being indoors, so that's pretty smart on their part to take advantage of the heat and humidity. It's going to be interesting here because you got it, it. If you're in Cleveland, I know a lot of players are going to probably go home over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And like you heard, MJ Emerson, he's going to go to Houston, and it's certainly warm in Houston. But you'll go to Miami; it'll be warm in Miami. But here in Cleveland, Gerard, it's it's 70s. going to be yeah. seven, like high seventies in right. Cleveland. Then you go to Miami, then you go to Buffalo, and you're going to have this weird contrast of weather because right. it could be the twenties so. two weeks from now in Buffalo. Yeah, so who knows what's really going to happen? Then you'll be back home. And you'll be taking on the Buccaneers. Let's talk to Jim Donovan about everything over the first half. The the Bill the excuse me the Bengals game, and then everything to come up over the second half. The voice here, Cleveland Browns. Jim Donovan joins us on the show. Jim, good evening to you. Good evening, Ken and Gerard. Good to be with you. First things first, Gerard said that the stadium 
FedEx field, the radio booth is a little bit rough. And I said, well, we got to ask Jim when he comes on. It, it, Jim's laughing, so Jim's probably right. Jim, Jim probably can confirm this. Is that true? It is the worst, Ken. It is the absolute worst. Uh, the stadium, I believe, is in, I think technically the stadium is in Landover, Maryland. And the booth, I believe, is in Baltimore, Maryland, to actually call the game. It is the worst radio booth going. It is, you are way in the back of the end zone, and they have advertising that hangs down kind of over the window of the booth. So you have, to, you have to really pull your head outside the booth and crane your neck to even see a long pass or a punt or a kick to kind of get the direction of where it's going, it is the worst, the absolute worst. Well, that sounds like a whole lot of fun, and I think that's coming up, what, week 16 <laughs> or week 17 before the end of the season. So that's not going to be great for, for everybody involved. I, I, You guys have my prayers when you guys head on over there to Landover, even though you'll be doing the game from Baltimore there. Uh, Jim, <laughs> the, the, game, the game against the Bengals, I mean, Monday night just – it didn't solve everything, but it certainly felt good to get that type of a win. Everybody showing up and just about everybody playing and, and playing well for this football team. You know, it really was. It, it was great. It was great all across the board. Um, you know, it was a complete team win, which I think was terrific. And, you know, we've been waiting for that. So I think that was fantastic. Um, you know, considering the opponent who came in red hot, um, I think we were all wondering, is uh, when is this going to appear or is it going to appear? Are they ever going to put it all together? And they definitely did in the game. I thought the atmosphere in the stadium was fantastic. I thought the crowd was fantastic. It's just the perfect night. I mean, everything from start to finish went perfectly, and now you just hope that you can, you can duplicate that and you can continue to play like that. I think that's the next big question, guys, is, all right, is this a one-game deal? Or is this a turn-the-corner moment? Is this the real team that we really had such high hopes for throughout the spring and the summer and training camp leading into September? It's a good turn-the-corner, Jim. One of the things during that four-game losing streak rather, mm-hmm. that was on full display was the poor tackling. I am convinced what I saw on Monday night was one of the better tackling efforts of the defense that I've seen in a very long time. Agree? Yes. Most definitely, um, because we've seen a lot of missed tackles. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, really, Gerard, you go league-wide, really. If you watch any other game, I mean, you'll see an array of missed tackles and flailing attempts and poor technique. I mean, everything was just perfect on uh, as far as technique was concerned. And there were a lot of plays early on, and I'm sure that Cincinnati, you know, had some designs on it. And maybe it was because of the subtraction of Jamar Chase not being in the lineup, that they said, hey, listen, we have to account for his loss a different way. And I thought they tried to give the ball, especially to Joe Mixon, out in space and let him beat the would-be tackler that the Browns would send his way. And he was never able to do it. He was never able to do it out in the flat. He was never able to do it really, uh, you know, trying to take a running play wide or anything like that. I just, uh, I thought it was exceptional the way they played and and the way they tackled. And the basic fundamental of doing that, I think, got them going defensively. And, Jim, post-game, a lot of players talked about (laughs) and thanked Joe Woods for the scheme that he came up with. It appears to me, obviously, that we had the Bengals' number 
What do you think is about that? Is it one of these things where it's just a mental situation or is just that we are designed to beat the Bengals and we do what we're designed to do? Yeah, I, I, you know, Gerard, I think that basically I think that they've done it now a couple of times and I think it's a confidence factor that um, they go into the game, I think they approach a game against the Bengals and they feel good about themselves and they've got a lot of good history and a lot of good tape and film to back it up. And so I think they go in with more of a, hey, listen, we know how to do this. We've done this before. Maybe we can do it a little bit better. But, I mean, we really have the scheme down pat of what it takes to beat them. Because it's really the, it's the same, you know, it's the same personnel. It's Joe Burrow. It's Mixon. It's Boyd. It's, you know, T. Higgins. Uh, it's Hayden Hurst. It's all of those guys. That's the cast of characters, uh, minus Jamar Chase. But, I mean, and, and they know how to line up against them, and they do a very good job. And I think they've had some really good defensive performances against them. Um, and I think that, you know, that's what they have to do now. I mean, they have to really duplicate this and this feeling and this preparation level that I think they had going into that game on Monday night. They have to do that beginning in preparation for Miami. And if they're going to make a run now, and they've left themselves the opportunity to do that. This is the way they're going to have to play. But they have a great, great, you know, example of how to do it and what is at the end of a great performance like that, a very, very convincing win. Jim, we thank you very much for the time. We'll talk to you next week. We'll preview the second half and, of course, the Miami Dolphins coming up that Sunday. All right, guys. Good to talk to you. Thanks. Yes, sir. Thank you. The voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan, joining us on the hotline. When we come back, we'll tell you about the Kevin Stefanski show coming up on Thursday and bid you adieu for this week as we get sent for the bye week of the 2022 season. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play to the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Make sure you tune in Thursday night at 7 for the bye week edition of the Kevin Stefanski Show. Nathan Zagura and Gerard are joined by Browns cornerback A.J. Green to break down the Browns through the first eight weeks of the season. Gerard, it's been eight weeks. Your thoughts on the first eight weeks as the Browns go into the bye week three and five. A lot of work to do, but a positive as they got that big Monday night win against the Cincinnati Bengals. Missed opportunities is what you think of. We look great on paper as a roster, and what you saw last week and even leading into the Baltimore game was this team starting to come into its own, and I believe that it culminated on Monday night. But obviously we had to keep going because what took place early on in the year with the loss to the Jets, the loss to the Chargers, and heck, any of the losses in which we were in control could haunt us. But we're in a spot now where simply guys are going to have to just step up. You're in this bye week. It couldn't come at a perfect time, a chance for you to really understand where you are as a player, what commitments you need to recommit to to get the job done on an individual and collective level. And this is the perfect time to do that because they saw on Monday night, Ken, that when they put it all together, they're a very formidable football team. Sunday off, any NFL or college games on Saturday, Are you so college games on Saturday and NFL games on Sunday, are you looking to take in? Oh, I am going to be all over the Tennessee-Georgia game. You have to be on yeah, that because oh I'm yeah. like, they got Tennessee at number one. I wrote that down. Can they hold it down? Can they? Are they well, for Josh, real? Josh Heupel's offense, I tell you, I, at first I was like, well, I think they'll be entertained by that offense because, you know, it's like, well, th- this is an interesting hire, mm-hmm. but the offense is good, and at least the offense is good because in, in, co- in the college game you need offense. So they'll be okay at least a little bit. Woo! 
they're blowing the doors off everybody. And I'm not just talking about the Alabama game where they obviously they, right. they scored and they won with the final field goal there. Uh, I'm going to be watching that. Uh, is there any other games on Saturday you're going to be watching? No, that's about it as far as Saturday goes because the matching, which I'm involved a lot in, yes. is taking place tonight and tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> that's yes. Like, you have it. Uh, I want to see I want to see Tennessee, Georgia. Uh-huh. I want to see Clemson, Notre Dame uh, in the evening. And I got to see – I finally get a chance to hopefully I'll stay up. I say this now. I end up, I end up falling asleep. I got to see some Pac-12 after dark. I haven't been able to see barely any Pac-12 after dark. You better than me, and I played in the conference. Pac-12's got to start some games at 4 o'clock, man. You guys got to start some games early. I'm trying to watch you. I'm trying to watch you, USC. I'm trying to watch Oregon State. I'm trying. It's tough. I heard that. Goodness gracious. Then on Sunday, uh, I, I got to take in the Chargers again. I got I to take in a couple other ones there. So make sure you listen to the Kevin Stefanski Show coming up Thursday night. Gerard, as always, a wonderful job by you. Looking forward to doing it again next Wednesday night for the preview show. Big thanks to Jason Gibbs, Meredith Kane, doing wonderful as always. Our associate producer, Connor Lawrence. For the great Gerard Cherry, I'm Ken Carmen. Thanking you as always for listening to the University Hospital. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Join us next week for more behind-the-scenes Browns news from Berea. We always look at each game as how do we win this game and what does this game call for. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts of the game without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network.